Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got technology news including Facebook caught up in a censorship controversy. We'll explain what it means. We'll also talk about corporate America winning again with Charter and Time Warner Cable. We'll talk about the New York Times' new door-to-door food strategy, Windows 10 upgrades about to get expensive, and why Intel is quitting on the mobile chip market. It's going to be a jam-packed episode of Don't Panic. We hope you join us because we're going to start right now. This is Don't Panic. Episode number 131, recorded May 9th, 2016, on Intel quitting, Facebook censoring, and The Times delivering. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast. Uh, That is a great gift for all occasions. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the rye and pumpernickel of technology, two guys from the same loaf. It is Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller. Hello. What's up, guys? Hi there. Oh, hi there. Funny running into you here. Yeah, funny running into you. I didn't think they let your kind in here. (laughs) They normally don't. That's why I've disguised myself. We've made made an exception. Yeah. Just for you. What's going on, guys? What's the scoop? Uh, I'm one year older. Yes, that's right. Cinco de Colby. Yep. Hey, that's exciting. You do anything fun for your birthday? Uh, Dan Miller was in Boston. No, I, I meant fun. Anything fun for your birthday? <laughs> oh. Not, not, uh, not a drag. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we we drank many cocktails. They were all delicious. And then I went to Rhode Island. I was sad to not be at the at the point and on your actual birthday where I would be drunk enough to shout Siete de Colby at whatever bar we were at and try to get everyone <laughs> dancing around. That's a shame. There's always next year, Dan. Yeah. Yep. That would have been pretty I'll cool. Bring my trumpet for next year. <laughs> yes. That'd be great. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Just pull a sombrero out from behind your back. Colby, we're getting this party started. <laughs> Just, like, lay on the stick-on mustache. Just, like... (laughs) Yeah. Not mariachi pants. Don't test me. This is the best plan I've I've ever heard. You got a whole (laughs) year to prepare. Um, Well, that's exciting. And that's, Dan, you were in Boston. That is true. The Windy City. No. The the, the Twin Cities. The the City by the Bay. The uh, the Big Apple. The... uh, the the city of angels. What is Boston's like? No, it's Bean Town. It's Bean Town, right? Isn't that? Is it? I mean, that is a thing. But is that its like nickname? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm afraid like to Google Boston's ha- nickname. Have, like the city something. Like, I don't know. All right, Boston nicknames. Oh, there's a whole Wikipedia article called Boston yes. nicknames. City on a hill. Okay. The hub. Um, the Athens of America. That's what? pretty badass. Yeah, that's that's grandiose. That, a little bit. The Puritan City. The Cradle of Liberty. Yeah, okay. That's it. that's pretty badass. Um the, the very weak City of Notions. What um kind of- America's Walking City. Of course, Bean Town. Uh Title Town, which comes from their sports dominance. Um okay. The City of Champions, a similar... Except from 1918 through 2003. <laughs> yes, exactly. And um, and lastly, the Old Town, which is because uh, it's one of the oldest in the United States. So there you go. The City gotcha. on the Hill, I guess, would probably be the closest. I like the Athens of America. Which, by the way, the... is also the nickname of Philadelphia, which I feel like is kind of unfair. The Athens of America? Yeah, apparently there are two. That's weird. What was Baltimore's name? Was it like the Emerald City or something? No, the Emerald like that? City is Seattle. I, I think it was like the the Magical City or. Uh-huh. Um, Baltimore nicknames. I remember like the bus was named after the one I'm thinking of. Um. Yeah. I I vaguely remember. Um. Again, we'll use. Um. Charm City. Yep. That That's what it was. Also, oh, I remember their slogan was also the greatest city in America, 
which I thought was a little okay. All right. Who it's died and made you thing. the greatest city in America? Right. Right. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Cool. What's that it? with you? Oh, I thought you would never ask. No, um, absolutely nothing. Really? No. Mowed my lawn today a little bit. Ooh. Did a little bit of lawn mowing. Because it rained, as you guys know, it rained all weekend in the Northeast. Um, so there was not mm-hmm. much of an opportunity to get out there, so I have to, had to do it during the week. Oh, interesting. I know. The the, the fun of home ownership, <laughs> um, which I will hopefully not have to do much longer, but uh, no, I don't mind. Mm-hmm. It's actually, it turns out, very relaxing to just, because it's, it's a self-propelled push mower, so you don't do too much, and you just walk in circles. It's very therapeutic. Right. Right. I should pay cool. crazy people to, to mow my lawn and help them relax. People with rage issues. Of course, you don't want them around power equipment, so maybe that's a poor gotcha. plan on my part. Do you know a lot of people with rage issues? I know one. Um, <laughs> depending on where you work, you might know one. Um, but um, I don't. Uh, I don't know too many. I'll have to make a few uh, in Texas. I'm sure there are plenty. So right, that right. that won't and they be all have guns. And yeah, they're all loaded. Open carry. Right. Gotta love it. Um, neat. Um, all right. Uh, is there any? Is there any other banter we wish to uh, to get to? I don't think so. I have like I haven't done anything exciting technologically in the past week. Well, it's a tough time uh, of year too. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's not much new. Everyone's really busy. Um, summer's not quite here yet, um, and most of the announcements will start this month into June. Um, but it's been quiet up to now. It's true. It's true. Uh, yeah. But I guess we can get into the news we do have, and we actually do have more stories than usual. Um, scoured the web. Oh, you know what? We can take a brief opportunity to uh, to do a, a super, I promise we won't linger, a super quick movie draft update. Dan's going to be glad we're bringing it up this week because he is rising oh, yeah, in the ranks. I have a question. Yes. How do I see the results at any given moment? Is there like a spreadsheet? <sighs> Dan Miller, you are in luck because you can go to upfordebate.tv slash draft. Perfect. And go there, and it is embedded right on the page, and that's, that, that'll update live, and by live I mean when I get around to manually updating it, but um, that will give you the up-to-date sheet. Um, in fifth place, we have Colby, who has only one movie, Keanu, at 15 million, but uh, this he coming week... He's only got one not, movie. Not but great th- this me. coming week, he's got Neighbors too. so... Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So I should go to the movies to support you, myself. I hey, I saw Captain America, so I'm supporting Team Dan. Um, <laughs> shame on me. Yeah, I'm the third. I'm the third uh, party candidate in the the Captain America movie. You yeah. can go Team <laughs> Iron Man, Team, team Cap, Team Cap, or Team, team Dan. Dan Miller. I will be Team Dan Miller in that. No case. matter who you vote for, you're supporting Team Dan. That's like <laughs> kind of shitty part. Well, that's the exciting thing is Dan jumped to second place. We have Mike at 40 in fourth, Matt at 82 in third, um, and uh, Dan in second with 188. Captain America: Civil War. Some fun facts for you. Uh, it is the eighth largest opening day gross of all time. The fifth largest opening weekend of all time. The fifth fastest to 150 million. Of all time. Um, and the. Let's see. And in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's currently ranked 11th. But there's still a ways to go. 179 million. Um, puts you uh, in second <laughs> place behind me. Yeah amazing. What did Mac get his money off of? He had. Uh, he's actually had two movies. He had The Boss and uh, Mother's Day. Wow. Neither of which Mother's Day was incredibly flat, and the boss was pretty flat. It is nice. not turning out. You know, one of the big three questions we had last week, which was one of them was, will it be a big summer overall for movies? Mm-hmm. It has not shown that because the hits have been hits, but the mediocre films have not kind of bubbled to the top. So um, we'll have to see if that trend holds. But you look at Keanu at also- 15. I mean, that's crazy. It's also not actually summer well, yet. Well, it is early, so we could see that tide change. Um, June, the I kids, think, will be a big question the mark. The kids are still in school. That Yeah, because <laughs> exactly. They were all going to go to Mother's Day, 
but uh, but they've been trapped in the classroom. So, um, <laughs> but um, but no, I'm hey, listen, I'm just excited. Jungle Book picked up another like sixty million this past weekend. So, wow, it's still really uh, chugging. I'm, it, it it has beaten. I'm gonna look and see actually what the um, what it did this past weekend. Yeah, you're cleaning up with that. Uh, Jungle Book did another 25 million this weekend, especially up against Civil War. So I was I was very happy about that. That that beat my expectations. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We're getting early reviews on X Men. They're saying it's going to be pretty mediocre. So yes, that's which is fine. I'm going to go I see I, it. I, I saw it labeled as franchise killing. Ooh, I didn't see anything that Ooh, bad. Most of, what, <laughs> most of what I saw was if you liked the other X-Men movies and you don't care about plot, you'll really like this movie. <laughs> However, if you care at all, the, the story apparently in the writing is not great. So I hope not because I really like those movies. I'll be very disappointed if uh, it doesn't go well. Also because I own it in the draft. <laughs> But anyway, as previously mentioned, upfordebate.tv slash draft. We will have updates for you all summer long on how it's going. Of course, you can go to the website anytime and get updates as the summer continues. Um, why don't we jump into some news here? We've got, uh, what, five, seven stories here in the rundown uh, from companies as diverse as Facebook, Spotify, the New York Times, Windows 10, Intel, Apple Music. Um, what uh, What is getting your attention, guys? Uh... <laughs> Anything in particular? I, Don't all I jump at once. Heard about TV on Spotify yet? That's new. That's news to me. All right. Well, we can certainly take a look at that because, um, let me click some buttons here. Um, Spotify has announced that. Um, well, a little bit of backstory. You may remember Spotify announced that they were partnering with companies like ESPN, MTV, and Comedy Central to present video clips uh, from those partners within the app. Um, for users. This was announced a while back. I think we might have talked about it on the show. But apparently, um, Spotify is going to work on original video series that will be exclusive to Spotify. Each episode will last no longer than 15 minutes, and the series will be made available to iOS and Android users uh, in the US, UK, Germany, and Sweden later this year. Um, there's only 12 new shows. All will revolve around music and pop culture, but they are also reportedly expecting a second phase involving more comedy, animation, and collaboration with artists at some point in the future. Hmm. Exciting. So, some of the early highlights among Spotify's first original concepts include Rush Hour, a series from hip-hop legend Ruppel's, Rush, Russell Simmons... Ugh. That brings artists together for lightning-fast remixes and mashup. A series called Landmark, a documentary series about moments in musical history that's coupled to a podcast series of the same name, and Trading Playlists, which celebrities trade playlists and learn more about each other in the process. Of course, this goes along with Apple Music that is reportedly working on original content, um, and Apple, as well as Vice Media that is doing the same title as well, uh, experimenting with original video. So what do we think? M music services getting into video. Good idea? Bad idea? Uh, uh, you know, I don't... I can't imagine myself ever watching a video on Spotify. Uh, especially not, like, random stuff. Like, this... I, 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 I guess I, I could picture some people being into those things, but I don't think those are things that I'm into. Uh, especially not like Spotify is really not that available. It's like on your phone, but it's not around. It's not on places I watch video. Really? I guess maybe an iPad or a desktop computer. I don't know. Maybe it's, I mean, I feel like music videos make sense for a, a, a music company. Maybe this makes sense too. Maybe I'm just being negative. <laughs> well, that was my my very first thought when I heard the story was why I, I will I, well first of all I'm not a Spotify subscriber, but even if I was, um, how, why would I ever watch a video on Spotify? But then I thought about it. How many people you think, ten or fifteen years ago, would have said I'm going to be an HBO subscriber? I don't know. Sorry, what? I missed that. 10 or 15 years ago, how many people would have said I'll be an HBO subscriber? Or maybe even a different <laughs> comparison. Before Mad Men and Breaking Bad, how many people said I have to have AMC in my cable package? And before The Walking Dead? 
right? Uh, they they, yeah. they weren't yeah. destination. American that was, movie classics. Yes, exactly. You know, showing <laughs> Dirty Harry for the three thousandth time on a Saturday <laughs> afternoon. Um, you're not a destination until you're a destination, right? Yeah, uh, it's a little different. I will agree that Spotify is very focused on music, um, and it, mm-hmm. it is mobile only. But uh, if they can create original content that is so captivating, there is no place to get it except for Spotify. I think I think any service can theoretically make that work. If we right. made a website and created a series that was so great that everyone was buzzing about it, but you could only get it on DontPanic.io. What? People like would go one. to don'tpanic.io. Well, like we do. <laughs> exactly, like we do every week. <laughs> um, so I, you know, I, I think I just the the question is with all these services going after original video, how much good content is there out there? Seriously, like there's got to be a limit to, you know, think of how many shows a network pitches in a given year, and how many of them, you know, the percentage of success is so small in these shows. Right. That what what are really the odds they're going to get that breakthrough? I mean, I guess all you need is one, and then it becomes a question of like how much this stuff costs. Mm-hmm. It's like if it's super cheap, maybe it doesn't matter. It can't be super cheap though, right? No, it's not. And, yeah. and successful yeah, series get like more ex- and they get more expensive, not less. HBO mm. used to pay a lot less for shows, and you pay less for a show in the first season than you do in the eighth season. So, right. you know, content is a very expensive proposition. Facebook has spe- or not Facebook, Netflix has spent multiple billions on content. Is that something Spotify Whoa, really wants to do? Multiple billions. Multiple billions. Billions <laughs> with a B. With a B. Now, um, I think just an original content. It's it's going to be on the lower end of that, but it's it's hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars, um, yeah. on video content. Wow, that's crazy. Uh, it could happen. It's not the craziest thing. There is talk this week about Apple doing the same thing, mm-hmm. but Apple has more. I think what makes that story more likely in my head is Apple has so much more money to just like <laughs> right. let's try making some right. TV shows. Like Where they could I feel- do that. I feel like Spotify is like the opposite where not that they don't have any money, but they're, I don't know. They're barely a profitable company. Am I, am right. I misremembering that? Well, no, I don't think so. Yeah. They're not wildly I, well, profitable. They, certainly. Right. But they certainly don't have, you know, like $300 billion sitting around in the bank to do whatever they feel like. With. Right. <laughs> well, the other thing too is Apple also has an ecosystem, right? They have iTunes that already sells TV and movies. They have Apple TV that already serves it up to your, you, you, you're not surprised to get video content from Apple. Put it that way. Um, it, it, it is a That's big true. differentiator for them. You have, w- you can get, uh, like Spotify on the, uh, on the PlayStation four and stuff. So That's true. They, they have- do have a lot of apps. Yeah. But they have said the video is reportedly, at least at launch, only iOS and Android. Now, now what would be cool is if they could take the same sorts of uh, technologies that make it really fast to stream music and bring like that same sort of peer-to-peer stuff to video on a successful video platform where you just click on Game of Thrones and it starts playing immediately. There's no buffering. There's no, like, okay... I'm going to spin the little Apple circle here for about 10 seconds, guys, while we go ahead and uh, authorize you to view this video and uh, start, like, downloading it. Although that, that would be cool. That brings up an interesting point, though, and I would like to know your guys' experience. What is your average buffer time on, like, Netflix? On whatever oh, on device you watch it on. Netflix like is great. Zero, usually. It's instantaneous. I don't know right. how they do it. It's got to be preloading, right? They've got to be doing some... Well, because on some of the video, I think it's at least on the PS4 client, when you go, like, if I hover over House of... Like, if I click on House of Cards, or even select an episode, it'll start playing whatever it thinks I should see. Yeah. Uh, It's already... So, it could be all the clients are already loading the episode when you're looking at the thing, deciding if you want to play it or not. It's crazy. It's It's like watching regular TV. It's amazing. Right, right. I get a real on my Roku. It's like super fast. Yeah, it's also very noticeable when it doesn't work like yes. that. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Like, I do why agree. Why isn't this working? It hasn't <laughs> loaded in one second. <laughs> or what really bothers me is when you watch something like House of Cards and it's super crisp HD for like thirty minutes, 
and then it gets pixely for no reason for a little while, and you're like, eh, yeah. why is everything no. fuzzy? Like, do I need glasses? Like, what is going on? Right. I will say that is, I mean, not a wholly solved problem, but I rarely experience, like, annoying buffering mid-show anymore, which I appreciate. Yeah, I feel like it's gotten most of the way there. But I, I agree. I think there is value in in the in, in a technology play. But that doesn't I don't think that's what to be honest, if I had to guess why Spotify's doing this, it's the more people use the app, the better it is for them, whether they're serving ads or getting value out of your subscription. Right. And if that means adding different types of content, they added podcasts a while back. Um and, Just and don't it, panic on Spotify. No, that's what's annoying is it's only select partners. It's Ooh. only select partners. They don't just let anyone. Out. That's that's why we went that's to Google Play. Podcast. We went to Google so, Play Music. So they can lie. suck it. Yeah, it's a facade. I know. What a bunch of jerks. Is that a summer ale there, Dan? It is. Mm. Are, are you enjoying the same beverage? I am enjoying decaf coffee. Ah, like an adult. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like you, young, you college youngsters. Right. Um, right. But I saw that. Mm, I do like me some summer beer. Pretty it's pretty good. Uh. I already told Bully this, but Trillium Brewery in Boston has amazing beer. Yeah. Nice. All Very of our good. listeners in Boston need to check nice. that out. Alright. I agree. I gotta do that. Because <laughs> you're not the first person to tell me that I should go there. And Boston is a great brewery town. It's true. That's true. It's also a great bean town. Um, <laughs> great place for beans. That's right. Um, speaking of beans, we can talk about more news. I don't know what that segue means, but um, <laughs> what? We um, have a parting story in here. Yeah, any anything bean related? No, we can. <laughs> um, the New York Times meal delivery service. There we go. Yeah, nice. bean terrific. Nice. New York Times. All the news that's wait. All the news that's fit to print. Was that the New York? That's the New York Times, right? I don't know. I don't... <laughs> that famous <laughs> newspaper line. Anyway. Uh, you may know the New York Times is that newspaper website you go to um, because I don't. Does anyone really read the print version that often anymore? Uh, well, that's part of the reason why they've announced that they are <laughs> partnering with food startup Chefd to provide subscribers with ingredients from recipes pulled from the cooking site and app. So the way it works is um, readers will be able to sign up for one or two options within the service. The first lets you order a single meal kit designed from a recipe. In the New York Times cooking app. The second is a subscription that lets the user select however many meals per week they want, with the Times and Chef offering suggestions based on their preferences, so more like a Blue Apron or a HelloFresh um, in that case. It's unclear how, um, how much they will cost um, because it hasn't actually launched yet, um, but ingredients will be delivered to the users within 48 hours and the two companies will split the profits. So basically the short version is outside of the subscription, one day you're just browsing through the New York Times cooking app and you see an, a recipe you like. And if it's a select recipe, you hit the button and within 48 hours, all the ingredients you need to cook it are delivered to your door. That's cool. And it doesn't say, I'm assuming it's in New York City. Um, I would hope so. Oh, it says New York and Los Angeles. Oh, so um, you'll be able to get it in uh, in both. Cool. Uh, yeah, I would try this. Maybe I will try it. Can we do it now? I kind of. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, I'm trying to see if it says here. Um, exactly when it will launch. It's not super clear coming soon coming not, soon so yeah. Yeah, all, all it really did was name chef de, um a, as their exclusive meal kit partner so yeah it didn't even say super specifically oh we'll be available this summer so look forward yeah. to that no what i think I is will look forward to it what i think is super neat about this is i just like the on-demand part because because while HelloFresh right. and those services are really good you can only choose from so many recipes and they really pick for you but if there was a database of even a hundred recipes, I don't expect them to have thousands. Uh, although mm. I guess there's probably some mathematic equation where X number of ingredients get you X number of recipes. But um, even if there were a hundred to choose from and I could just pick one and within 24 hours have it at my door, like, well, mind so blown. I like, the, I like the, the utility of like, 
it comes when you need it as opposed to a I mean, I like Blue Apron, too, because it's like I always need to eat dinner uh, <laughs> during the week and it, it brings me brings me dinner. Uh, but I feel like it's a different different problem. Yeah. And it and it is, I think. I, I, I find the value in a subscription service, but I also find value in the in the non-subscription service for people who, you know, like like HelloFresh, for example, I get I, rarely I don't get it that often. I really like it when I get it, but it's not something I'd get every week. But uh, if I could do it a meal or two at a time, I think the question would be what it would cost. Right. Yeah. That's my big thing, too, is I am not home often enough in a given week to use any of the weekly meal subscriptions. But some weeks I'm home way more often than others, uh, like not anytime soon, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's happened. Uh, so if I could like go through and say, OK, this week I'm going to get three meals and the week after that I'm only going to get one. That would be really cool. I would totally do that because I've really enjoyed uh, Blue Apron and the other one I used. Uh, yeah, a lot. Something begins with an N, maybe. I recommend it on the show. So we could always go mm. look. I don't panic.io slash picks. My favorite web page on the internet. <laughs> Except it's only available to us when we sign in, isn't it? Is that true? You you told me that, so I don't know how true that is. No, it's available to anyone. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> good. I just want to make sure. Good thing, because we can't change it. So. <laughs> yes, nothing on the website can ever change. <laughs> don't even think about it. We, we, we practice the opposite of continuous deployment. Right. Uh, that was funny. Never deployment. Right. We're never going to deploy the Don't Panic website again. So I'm on Shefda's website. It's C-H-E-F apostrophe D. Um, and they already have partners like allrecipes.com and Good Housekeeping. Um, and I'm looking at some of the dinners that you can already buy. So an ancho shrimp taco, dinner for two, thirty-four dollars. Um, chicken tikka masala, dinner for two, thirty-nine dollars. Some are as low as twenty-five. Um, some are as high as um, as forty. So if that's any indication of what it will cost per meal. Does it? And it are those uh, two-person meals or one? Yeah, person? dinner for two, and all. It looks like all of them have the option to do a dinner for four. For nice. um, a little less than twenty, you get a slight discount for buying more. Um, but not cheap. You know, you're talking per plate. You're talking easily, you know, thirteen to to twenty dollars. Um, uh, yeah, I guess so. Which is yeah, and, that's and it's kind of expensive. But to be honest, I, I can speak for HelloFresh. It's it's sixty bucks for three meals, two plates each. So, so for six meals, it's ten bucks. So it's a little more expensive because you're not doing the subscription part. Right. Um, and is this all ingredients? They don't um, say, like, you're going to need to go get yourself some uh, barley or whatever? Or <laughs> No, so for example, here I've got roasted oh, a roasted chicken with with um, potatoes and stuff. And it says all, all you'll need is salt, pepper, and oil. So I think it's very similar okay. to those other services where... Um, where it's all the ingredients. So cool. I think this is a, a really great addition to that that style of service. I would definitely do it. But I don't live somewhere cool where they have stuff like this. Neither do I. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah, Colby, they, they have all... Do, does every major city have different uh, versions of, of Seamless and Grubhub? Uh, well, so we have Seamless and Grubhub, but we also have others. Right. Uh, Foodler is the one that's big around Boston. Right. That's super weird. It is weird. It's very annoying because you like there's a subset of restaurants on each one for the most part. There are very few restaurants that are on more than one in my experience. Um, so... I don't know. I feel like I, I'm probably not getting the best food in all possible categories because I, I almost always only order from Foodler. Well, there's, there is this week's big multi-million dollar startup idea from Don't Panic. Food delivery <laughs> ah. service aggregator app that yeah. aggregates all the other apps and you take a small percentage cut off of everything ordered from your app. I mean... Could happen. That's, we could, could that's maybe awesome. do 
That's a smart one. Right. <laughs> I think the don't panic. I bet, uh, I bet they're I wicked panic. aggressive about not letting people do that. Probably. Wow, <laughs> that was a very Boston sentence. <laughs> <laughs> wicked aggressive. Um, yeah, I'm just excited to move to somewhere where you can order food with an app. I don't get to do that now. And well, a place with Uber. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Got those things where you're headed? Yeah, Houston's got nice. all of those things. It's it's nice. a, it's a real city. Amazing. Yeah. Very exciting. Mm, it sure is. Um, mm-hmm. Let's keep the party train rolling here with some more news. Because yes. I really feel like we're chugging. We're, we're really, we got momentum now. We got momentum. We're really yeah. going here. What are we going to oh, yeah. talk about next? Uh, why is uh, Windows 10 getting so much more expensive? Why is Windows that you know, Dan? I'm glad I you thought asked. it was free. I thought it was a free upgrade. Well, it is for now. Dun dun dun. Is this like like Gmail's and beta for now, or like uh, other things that are only for now? Well, Microsoft has always said that there was going to be a limit on how long you could upgrade. For free. Now, let me just start by saying um, that it was first. Windows 10 was was a free upgrade for seven Windows 7 and Windows 8.1 starting last year. This year, after July 29th, they say in order to upgrade from 7 or 8.1, you will need to purchase a full license at $119 um, or buy a new computer. Um, as far as I know, the entire time they've been pretty upfront about it not being a permanent forever free upgrade um i fully expect they will extend that they usually Mm -hmm. tend to do that when they either end products or end upgrades they tend to extend them by a couple months a year um so that wouldn't surprise me but as of now um they're gonna you're gonna start getting even more aggressive pop-up boxes asking you to upgrade now here's my question why Oh, <laughs> that is a really good question. Um, I can give you the pro and the con version. The 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 pro version is that Microsoft likes money, um, and they want people to upgrade now, and okay. they see this as a way to incentivize that. The downside is that for people who don't upgrade, they're probably not going to upgrade after July 29th, and you're going to have a lot of old Windows 7 and 8.1 machines. Uh, For people who either forgot or their machine wasn't connected to the internet at the time, or they just decided they didn't want to, or whatever. You're limiting yourself. If Windows 10 is your new standard bearer going forward, you've limited yourself permanently um, from getting those people to upgrade. Right. Until they buy a new computer. Which, with Windows, is going to be every two years so <laughs> you know are people still buying computers that often i don't know you Windows know ones? it's so i mean pc sales are down i don't even know what kinds of computers people are buying these days to be honest with you um yeah. most of the time when people come to me and ask me about buying a computer i will either i don't usually send them to that cheap windows computer anymore i say if you want a cheap computer you buy a chromebook and if you want a nice windows machine plunk down a thousand bucks and buy a machine that's going to last you four or five years. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the $600 windows laptop just doesn't, in my opinion, cut it anymore. You know, spend 200 bucks on a Chromebook and you'll be just as happy. Right. Or get an iPad at the same price. You get an iPad. So. Yep. So yeah, there you go. We'll we'll see if they uh, we'll see if they extend it. Um, but as of now, get your upgrade in. I've still got an old uh, Windows Seven machine that I gotta decide whether or not I'm gonna upgrade it. Oh, does it does it work well on like older hardware? Do you know Windows Ten? Um, I've heard mixed things. I mean okay. the 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 put it this way, the computer I'd put it on came with Vista, so it's quite old. Wow. Um, I may just keep it at seven. The other thing too is, you know, they are they are ending the upgrade. They are not ending security patches. So, as far as I know, for the time being, they will continue to security patch Windows 7. You just don't get the new features of Windows 10. Gotcha. So, if you don't want Cortana and, you know, the App Store and some stuff like that, then then you don't necessarily need to upgrade. Right, right. So, I, I moving on to the next story, if mm-hmm. you're ready. If oh, you're good. Let's do it. Dan. Uh, I remember talking about the Time Warner Chartle, Charter 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 Charger, like when when the podcast started, when like years ago, right? 
it or was sure that a different Time Warner merger? No. Well, uh, at well, one point, wasn't it Time Warner and Comcast? Comcast? That yes. sounds even worse. So how about a mini history lesson? The yeah, I'm ready. Um, I'm excited. Previously, Time Warner and Comcast did try to merge, and the government essentially shut them down and said, <laughs> not a chance. So instead, they went to the other biggest cable provider and said, we're going to merge with you instead. And the government said, okay. Um, <laughs> that's really the... The short version, um, but I can give you a little more details once I get the story open. Um, <laughs> together, they would create the second largest cable company in America behind, you guessed it, Comcast. Um, it's not completely done. It's still got to go through a few more regulatory buys, but the FCC was the big one. Um, they did have to do a lot of things, a number of conditions to get the um, the uh, approval through, including... Um, no data caps for, I believe, seven years, they promised, um, on their ISP service. Um, no, they, they can't put anything into place that create unfair barriers to video competition. Um, so, you know, there, there's still a lot of questions, but um, also Charter had to sell off some assets, um, some of their smaller cable assets to, to make sure they weren't too big when they merged. Um, but, uh, but overall... Imagine how, like, crappy a job that must be to be, I don't know, to have to orchestrate the, like, the... The, the merging. Right, the merging of, like, people, but I'm thinking more of, like, computer oh, systems. Yeah. It must be a disaster. Mergers and acquisitions are one of the hardest things a company can do successfully. It, it really oh. is, because you're right. It is, there's so many pieces to a business, whether it's people and culture, whether it's architecture and hardware and software the airline mm -hmm. industry has been a great example of how hard it is um right. you know american airlines they've owned u.s air for how many years now and they're still working on getting them integrated <laughs> right. um yeah. you know it, it takes a decade to get a company truly integrated it's very hard um to do now the cable industry's gotten very good at that because they all keep buying each other and now there's just like two big companies but um but it will be interesting to see the other thing too is and this is a big question. Do they keep, and as far as I know, they haven't said, do they keep Time Warner Cable as a separate company? Oh, By name, which they can do. A good example of that is AT&T buying DirecTV. They didn't change it to AT&T Satellite. Right. At least for the moment, they're leaving it as DirecTV. Right. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if, you know, maybe they leave it separately and they just change the name. I, I don't know. There are a lot of ways you can you can do it. They haven't been 100% clear exactly on, on how they plan to do that. Neat. No, not really. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad I'm not a customer of either of those companies. Uh, yeah, I assume that it will only get worse, but I probably. Agree. Actually, maybe I I'm am. not glad because I'm, I'm a Comcast customer. Oh, did I tell you guys what ISP I have down in uh, Houston? No. Roadrunner. I have no, no. Time Warner Cable bought them. Um, no, the <laughs> um, it's uh, AT and T Uverse, which is technically DSL. Aha. I don't oh, even get cable. Very exciting. I remember AT and T Uverse was one of the options in San Francisco. Yes, they're they're south and west primarily. Hmm. You can get them over here. You can get them anywhere because they're not cable. Um, no, they're they are. It, it's uh, it's. Technically, you can get them anywhere, but they don't offer the service in oh, many really? places. Yes. Yes. Well, I hope your upload bandwidth is pretty good. Well, I had to, I had to, I have to pay extra for that. <laughs> Believe it or not, all the low packages, the upload is like super, although my upload now is super shitty. Um, <laughs> but I have to, I'm not getting cable. And so my excuse is I can afford a little nicer internet package. I sure hope so. Because um, I'll be streaming on my TV instead of. Watching it over cable. Um, man, we are just burning through the news here. Uh, let's see how we're doing. Like it's our job. I, we're, <laughs> we're 131 episodes in. We're getting pretty good at it. Um, we got time for a minimum of one more. I think one more. We'll see how long it goes. Anything on here? We got Intel, Apple Music, Facebook. I don't know. 
Did we get through all the that exciting ones and all that's left are the boring ones? He's, he's, he's done. He's plum tuckered out. I, I think the the Facebook one's probably this the story on this page that's gotten the most play in the the live stream media this week. The lame stream media, Dan. Lame. Sorry. The the liberal media. That's right. The left wing. The Facebook's just puppets of the the liberal media complex or whatever they call it. <laughs> That's, that's <laughs> I'm starting to really believe it. Um, no, so, brief bit of history. Gizmodo published an article a, a couple days ago um, talking with Facebook's uh, uh, editorial team. Now, what does that mean? Facebook apparently, and they don't really talk about this, had a team in place um, at Facebook whose job it was. If you go on Facebook, there's that little trending window, right, on the right-hand side that has trending stories. Facebook had a team of journalists or former journalists who worked for the company whose job it was to look at major news sources and inject non-algorithmically manually inject those news stories into the algorithmically figured feed of trending pieces okay Mm -hmm. well a apparently if you read the gizmodo article was a super shitty job but (laughs) on top of that in that article it came out that um the they claimed the people who work there claimed Facebook um discouraged them from posting articles from what you would consider traditionally right-wing news sources or more conservative news sources also not to post stories from uh, about Facebook itself as well it says uh subjects in the story say they were told to inject stories from mainstream outlets into the trending list that were not in fact trending at all or were not popular enough to be flagged by the algorithms. Meanwhile, stories from conservative outlets were actively passed over even when Facebook's algorithms deemed them trending. Curators say they were also instructed to avoid stories about Facebook itself. Uh yeah. I I see there I see the argument if this is indeed something that happened like I think it's fine to exclude like extreme views but there are, like there are many spectrums of extreme view and if you're only excluding one spectrum of the extreme view then that's bad but like half of the crap on Huffington Post should also be excluded then it's just like like 11 reasons why Bernie Sanders is the the democratic nominee it's like no no that's just that's uh I, and that shit gets recommended like like on the like the little carousel of crap mm-hmm. they want you to read as I scroll through all the time. Eleven reasons that no, that's like that's just as bad as Barack Obama is not an American citizen. Like that's just as much of a lie. <laughs> well, and that's part of the problem, right? Is 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 it's kind of a it's kind of a lose lose because you know when you have people do it, there's obviously a chance for bias. But when you have algorithms do it, you know. It, 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 uh, it's very hard to, t- not that I'm an algorithm expert, but it's, it's very hard to tune them where if you just go with what's popular, you could easily be posting things that aren't true, that aren't, you know, that, that aren't newsworthy, terrible. that are, that are, <laughs> that are terrible because right. if you just go by what's popular, turns out a lot of stupid shit is popular. And, yeah, you know, I, I see the advantages to having a balanced approach. Now, the real question is, did this attitude come from Facebook? Or was it merely the people that worked there? Was was it just this team that themselves decided that this was what they were going to do? Or did Facebook instruct them to? And there, there's really been no clear answer on that from anybody. Um, Gizmodo very clearly said in their article that 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 they are not insinuating that it that you know this was Facebook's plan all along. But you know, mm-hmm. that's really a big question. Right. I mean, I. So them not wanting to post stuff about Facebook, I feel like is not, that's not super surprising. Um, I think, like you said, I think it makes sense to strike a balance, right? Like the thinking about build, I mean, I'm certainly am not an expert on that sort of thing, but thinking about doing that, uh, as you suggested, there, there are, no matter how good your algorithm is at this point, no matter how good that like machine learning stuff is, there's probably going to be a lot of noise that is not maybe popular, but is not like news and having human checks on that on, on what qualifies is probably a good idea. Or or Uh, even in addition to human, like 
you know, input on like, this is actually news. Well, yeah. I mean, think about it that way. You know, if the U.S. signed a, a, a groundbreaking trade agreement with, with uh, you know, the Philippines or something, you know, I mean, something that, that your average person doesn't find interesting, but is newsworthy. You know, mm-hmm. there's also value in that. If we, if by default your algorithm is designed in a way that excludes those things, you know, is that a fair representation of what's trending or what's news? Right. You know, it it cuts both ways. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna say something else, but I forgot what it was. I've always been a fan of this site, like. I would love to go to a website that does stuff like what Facebook and Twitter and Google do and learns what I like and then specifically shows me things that I don't like. Like, uh, it acts as that counterbalance to myself rather than reinforcing my own echo chamber. Is there any website like that? Twitter. And, and, and no. honestly, no, 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 honestly, I, I, will, I will straight up say I am not a fan of the automatic route. I'm really not because I haven't found a website that does it well. I, I purposefully try, try not to make my Twitter account too much of an echo chamber and, and try to follow people with, with interesting views or people that retweet opposing views or, you know. But how do you find those people? It's just recommendations from other people. It takes a lot of time. I agree. The, uh, an automatic solution would be far, far faster and easier. But again, algorithms are, are built, built by people. And they're only well, they're as good as really the information good at put finding out what we like. Well, exactly, exactly. That. So it should be just as easy to show us stuff that it doesn't think that. So should like. it be you know fifty percent things you like and fifty percent things you don't like? Should it be eighty percent things you like, twenty percent things you don't like? I mean, even if there was a button that by default it only shows you things you like, but you could click on a button that says "Show me opposing views." And then it would it would reverse that and only show you things about that particular topic that it doesn't think that you'll like. But, you know, I mean, I, then you have to opt into it, which is maybe not the most altruistic thing that they could be doing. But it, I would I would click on that, especially for something I'm not like decided on. Like, I don't necessarily maybe someone I agree with other things on is totally wrong about this thing, I think. And and I think that's fair. I mean, I, I have a whole broader discussion that goes beyond the scope of the show about why, about part of the reason I think we're, we're in a, a, a political and, and media culture we're in is partly because we give too much credit to opposing views and that every time someone is on a, a, a CNN, they always have to bring on somebody who, who has an opposing view, which in many cases legitimizes that opposing view, regardless of how ridiculous it is. Interesting. So when, when you have to have on a story about, you know, uh, 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 shooting in schools, every time you have someone on who's saying this is bad and we shouldn't do this, by default, you have to have someone on who is a gun <laughs> rights supporter. Now, maybe that's a little more balanced of a situation, but there are situations where by, by simply having on the, the, the people, you know, when, when Trump says we should ban all Muslims, by default... The networks feel they have to have someone on who agrees with that position <laughs> and legitimizes it and acts like it's okay. So there's a whole broader discussion about this that goes outside the scope of the show. But nonetheless, it, it is such an insane balancing act that my takeaway from this story, I, you know, I don't think Facebook is some evil liberal organization that's out to suppress the conservative voice in our country. I, I think that would be if they're doing that is the stupidest thing they could possibly do uh, because all it does is damage them. But um, I think it just goes to show that a, you should never get your news from one place only Um, to that place should probably not be a social network. Um, (laughs) You know, uh, the, the ultimate news source or, you know, three, just remember that there's always a person know, know where your news comes from. You know, who owns that newspaper you read? Who, who is, who is in charge of the, the network you're watching? Be- because those things, there's a, a, a really interesting issue going on right now in Las Vegas, where the Las Vegas, is it the Las Vegas Journal? The Las Vegas Constitution? I think it's the Las Vegas Journal. was bought by a very conservative individual, one of the rich billionaire conservative guys. Um, and every time, and their journalists have tried to report on the fact that he bought it, his past business dealings, and he shuts them down. And, and most of them have left. 
mm. you know, essentially skewing the newspaper. So you really got to you really got to pay attention to these things is, is I think, an important takeaway. I'm not going to give a ton of crap to Facebook on this. Right. I think they're just trying to figure it out like everyone else and they're going to make mistakes. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, I feel like it's a sort of uh, biases or 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 leaning one direction or another is a is the case with really anything any any entity that publishes news right mm -hmm. like npr has a has a reputation as like a, a a more liberal source of news and like fox news is right wing um i mean i don't think you can really think of facebook as anything other than that like agreed i mean maybe some people do right because that's not necessarily how you think of it but Maybe it's it seems unbiased because it's a computer. <laughs> well, well hey, it, algorithms are made by humans. If we didn't make that point while I went and blew my nose. Yeah, no. correct. <laughs> yes. are biased. Yeah. Right. Well, and that's the power of being the 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 single largest social network on the planet is you have a lot of sway with a lot of people and in a way, a, a small town newspaper or some guy's blog doesn't. Correct. Um, and you have a lot of control whether that small newspaper or that guy's blog gets on your trending list. You know, it wouldn't surprise me someday if Facebook charges you to show up on their trending list. <laughs> you know, that seems yeah. like a great revenue stream. So, I mean, that's what Google is, basically, to I, a certain extent. Exactly. I mean, that's how Google makes money, right? So, you know, there is... I'm sure there are much smarter people out there who can solve these problems. But I do think it's an interesting technology discussion in, you know, humans supplementing algorithms. You know, we talk about bots and we talk about some of these AI and some of this future stuff. But um, what it means, we clearly don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Um, it is okay because we are out of time um, for news. We've got to move on to our picks this week. Uh, and we are going to start with um, the birthday boy himself, Colby. That's me. Yes. What do we got uh, this week? So I was, I was in, I'm in kind of a pick rut this week. I don't have, have a lot of stuff. Uh, I, I have some potential picks coming down the pipe, but uh, I was thinking before the show about like, I don't know, apps that I use or like technology related things. Uh, and I have picked on the show before Pinner. I mean, I'm sorry, Pinboard, Pinboard.in, which is like the bookmarking service I started using a while ago. Uh, and I use it religiously now. And the mobile app, so so Pinner is like a website and they have an API. And so there are lots of lots and lots of third very like pretty good third party clients. Um, and the one I use on iPad and iPhone is called Pinner. And I think it's great. I use it like many times every single day. Uh, every time I read something that I'm interested in saving. And and actually, that's not even true. Every time I take the time to read something, I save it to Pinner. Um, they have, I don't know, Does it has all the, the sharing and extension stuff built into iOS. It works pretty well. Um I mean, aside from Twitter, maybe I probably don't there or in like iMessage. I don't think there's an app I, I find myself in more frequently than that. So uh, nice. if you are interested in that sort of thing, do it. Oh, and I mean, Safari, I, obviously, that's usually, <laughs> where that's usually what I'm using Pinner from. But close enough. Indeed. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'll have the links to that and all of them, uh, all the picks on our website, don'tpanic.io. Dan, what do uh, what do you have this week? So, uh, I downloaded a game on my way to Boston called War Bits. Uh, it's I've been I've been looking. So I heard about this game on the morning stream, and I forget who recommended it on there. But the way they described it described exactly my feelings about the game that War Bits is based on, called Advance Wars on the Game Boy Advance which is this really cool, like, turn-based strategy game. And Warbits is a, basically a clone of that with different levels, which is great. <laughs> it's exactly what I wanted. Uh, it's paid. I forget how much it is, but because it's paid, there's no, like, uh, pay-to-win bullshit or, 
Up, oh, you've taken too many moves today. You're gonna have to slow your roll. Uh, let's see, how much is this thing? Uh, four dollars on the App Store. Oh, amazing. Uh, for iOS, yeah, it's great. Uh, it works really well on the iPad too. It's a lot of fun to play on the iPad. It works just as well on the phone though. Uh, so check out War Bits if you like strategy games. I feel like there aren't enough strategy games that I want to play on the iPad, and there should be more because it's like exactly the kind of thing right. that lends itself to a multi-touch on a huge screen. Yeah, totally. I'm very excited. As are all of us, uh, <laughs> Warbits, W-A-R-B-I-T-S. It is available. Um, now, Sean, you don't have a, a pick. I, down I'm here. scrambling, Dan. I've never Sorry. not had a. I've never not had a pick. You should talk you're, longer. You're normally the the uh, the prepared one. I'm usually all on the ball, us. and I just I've been so <laughs> preoccupied. Now, what about in your uh, in your moving uh, in in moving? Have there been any services or apps or anything like that you discovered that have helped you? Yeah, I had one. It's so okay. So. It's an app for iOS. It's called Flight Aware. It's mm-hmm. all one word. Uh, it's free. Uh, there are ads, and you can pay to get rid of them for like a buck or a buck ninety nine. Um, and it is a really great if you just need a simple flight tracker. Like TripIt Pro is a great flight tracker, but you got to pay for it. Yeah. If you would just want a really good, very simple flight tracker. Um, FlightAware, for me, does a really good job. Um, the push notifications are really good. Um, they're very up-to-date. Um, and best of all, it's free. So FlightAware, all one word, on iOS. I don't... Let me uh, look and see if it is on multiple platforms. I would think that it is. Um, uh, Oh my it's god! Sometimes hard their to website tell is awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, hard to tell on Google Play sometimes if something. It is, is on Google app. Play. Okay. Yep. So you can get it on Android and iOS as well. Flight Aware, Flight Tracker is what they call it, um, and it is free, um, and it's decent. Gets the job done. You can remove ads for two ninety nine, by the way, um, and it's cool. adequate. Um, it's all I got for you, so you're gonna have to like it. Whether you hey, that's something. <laughs> Too bad. I'm so excited. I'm flying JetBlue for the first time. Ooh, oh yeah. Ooh, I know. So fancy. Yeah. Uh, I think JetBlue is fine. They. So I will say that the seats are actually more spacious on JetBlue. That is not, in fact, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I think their TVs now are mostly dated and irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, they do have free free Wi-Fi. I think they have free Wi-Fi. If I'm not, at least they did. It was free the last time I flew JetBlue. I, uh, but I, I think their their customer service is very very nice. That's when, good. When you get into a situation where you need customer service, as long as they fly direct out of Boston, I'll fly almost any airline. So <laughs> fair enough. That's what's important, and they were there and available and cheap. So. Whatever. Um, very cool. Let me type this in the sheet because I will forget I picked it. Um, excellent. All right, guys, anything else before we uh, conclude this evening? I don't think so. We have uh, game nights this week, right? We. Oh, yeah. Look at you. Uh, doing the plugs. Doing the plug like a pro. Um, very cool. Yes, we do. We have game nights this week. We got, we're got. we going to do some new episodes as well. You can go to the website gamenights.tv and follow our adventure uh, on our previous episode we defeated some zombies um quite handily um what's next for our intrepid travelers you'll just have to tune in and find out at gamenights.tv um on this show you can go to our website don'tpanic.io if you go there it's got all of our episodes audio video uh our picks for each episode are are very nicely laid out um on the website and of course all the links to subscribe we are on I want to write this down. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, via RSS, in most major podcasting apps, including uh, the iTunes podcasting app, which, by the way, I didn't know this. Did you know something like 80% of all podcasts are consumed through the Apple Podcasts app? Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's that crazy. was my exact reaction. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. I, yeah. That seems like them. a lot. It's so bad. I know. Like, come on, people. Get on. It's not it. the worst podcast app, 
But it oh, is. I'm sure that's true. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you can get the show in uh, Pocket Casts and in Overcast as well. So we got options for you. Um, and of course, you can follow us uh, at Don't Panic Show on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Don't Panic Show, and our email Don't Panic Show at gmail.com. If you want to get feedback to us, we do the show live Monday nights, roughly 10 p.m. Eastern, on Twitch.tv. It's Twitch.tv/slash Don't Panic Show. But you can subscribe there and get the notification when we go live um that is it for this week we will be back next week with more tech news on behalf of uh colby and dan this is sean thanking everybody for joining us and hope we'll see you next time for yet another exciting edition of don't panic <laughs>